Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, balancing weight challenges with self-regulation. We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show, and then just email me just the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. Women diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood are more likely to have depression, be stressed, and have low self-esteem. It's recommended they talk to a professional to develop better life and stress management strategies. But here are some tips. Identify the sources of stress and make changes. Develop healthy self-care habits, such as getting adequate sleep, exercise, and good nutrition. To learn more about ADHD in women, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, everybody, we're about ready to turn a new year, and a lot of people have New Year's resolutions or ready getting down to business, and uh, often weight is one of them. So uh, we have a show that uh, we did several years ago that we're repurposing because great content is great content, and I think it's very timely. So uh, we're here today with one of my favorite guests, Dr. Roberto Olivardia, on uh, ADHD and managing weight. We hope you enjoy the show. And with us in our virtual studio is the Dr. Roberto Olivardia. He's one of our most favorite guests to have on Attention Talk Radio. He's incredibly good at articulating things in a way that we can all understand and getting to the root of the issue. Dr. Roberto Olivardia is a clinical instructor of psychology at the Harvard Medical School. He maintains a private psychotherapy practice in Lexington, Massachusetts, where he specializes in the treatment of ADHD and body dysmorphic disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder. He's presented at many talks and conferences uh, around the country, including the CHAD conference annually, and he sits on the scientific advisory board of um, Attitude Magazine and the professional advisory board of CHAD and ADA uh, and the National Association of Males with Meeting, Eating Disorders. And with that, Dr. Olivar, you're welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. It's always a pleasure. 
Yeah, everybody, Dr. Olivardia is always one of my favorites. He's got such a great way of articulating everything in ways that we can understand. I'll never forget, I did an interview with him a while ago, um, years ago on sleep, and he said, just think of it as defrag for your brain. And I have shared that with countless people, and it's like a euphoric moment when you understand what that's all about. So hopefully we're going to get some real good insights. Our topic today is eating strategies um, to manage weight, particularly for those with ADHD. And so Dr. Olivardia, just before we get into strategy and stuff, just can you talk to us a little bit about you know ADHD and weight management and some of the challenges so we can frame this out before we get into details? Sure. Um, you know, when we think of ADHD, we think of all of the ways that it affects different domains of life for people. I mean, certainly we know academically for a lot of people in school, but for for those of us with ADHD, we know it really affects every domain of life, and particularly those domains that are um, the ones that are everyday kind of things that for a lot of people with ADHD sometimes don't even have to think twice about. And as we've talked before about sleep and the other thing is something like eating. Yep. And it's something that we have to do and we have to do healthily. And eating healthily actually requires a good amount of executive functioning. And for a lot of uh, clients that I work with with ADHD, um, myself included, as I have ADHD, that you know, eating healthily and being on top of all of that uh, takes a lot of planning, a lot of organization, time management, uh, prioritization, and these are challenges for people with with ADD. And when people with ADHD don't manage that very well, it easily results in unhealthy eating, which can easily result in unhealthy weight gain. And there have been uh, numerous studies that have actually been done uh, over the past decade in particular um, that have looked at the correlation of ADHD with obesity. And even I remember there was an earlier study done in 2004 that looked at whether hyperactivity actually can protect against obesity. Like we would think, well, aren't kids who are hyperactive, they're running around all the time, wouldn't they be burning more calories? Actually, that's not true, that people of inattentive subtype, people with hyperactive subtype, combined subtype are at higher risk for obesity. And that uh, there are a number of different factors that are associated with that, but the primary one really comes down to uh, impulse control, uh, portion control, uh, an inability to plan ahead for meals, which can lead a lot of people with ADHD to uh, eat sort of more instant kind of fast food or over-rely on foods that um, are, are not as healthy. People with ADHD like their sugar and like simple carbs, which uh, both of which can contribute to obesity. And so all of these things are really important um, poor sleep habits, the inability to regulate oneself internally, to even know. I mean, I work with lots of people with ADHD who really have a hard time knowing whether they are satisfied, like what is enough food. And even just the distinction of I am satisfied versus I'm full. If we were to say I'm going to eat until I'm full, we can eat an enormous amount of food. And by fullness, it is literally to the point where you can't eat anymore. And many of my ADHD patients, that's how they eat. So if you have, if you're at a restaurant and you're given an enormous portion of food, well, then if I see it, I'm going to eat it, and that's what I'm going to eat. And so I consider I'm done eating when every, when I literally can't eat anymore. But that's actually not a healthy way of, of viewing it. That part of incorporating healthy mindfulness techniques around eating with ADHD includes how do we 
sort of eat more slowly, and there are a lot of tips and strategies we can certainly talk about in terms of how to know, okay, I'm satisfied. I might not be full, but I'm satisfied. My body has gotten what it needs, and now I can move on. And these things are really tough for people with ADHD, and a lot of people feel an incredible amount of shame around it because eating is something that, again, is just this ordinary thing that a lot of people just seemingly seem to do. I mean, and, you know, I... I share a lot of, you know, my own personal examples when I give talks about this because I remember, um, you know, asking a neighbor of mine what his favorite food was and he was like, no, I don't know. I don't really have a favorite food. And I couldn't even understand that. I'm like, how do you not have a favorite food? Like, I love food. I love (laughs) sensory aspects of food, the way it tastes, the way it smells. I take pictures of it and text my sister when I have a great meal. Like, I just like it a lot. But I remember the first time I went to a buffet, Jeff, I was, I think I was in college at the time. It was one of these buffet places that started opening up. And I didn't go in and, like, binge. Like, I would just get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But there were, like, 50 little bits of things to get. <laughs> and I would get things, come back and to the table, eat it, and then just go up and get more. And I'm thinking, hey, you know, for 1995, yep. like, you, you know, all you can eat. And this was good food. And unlike, you know, the dining halls in college where – Technically, yep. that could sort of be buffet style, but the food wasn't as great. Um, this was pretty good food. I did not realize at all the amount of food that I was eating. And I remember my friends commented, like, wow, Roberta, like, you can eat a lot of food. And interestingly, when we were leaving, I realized how much food I ate because I physically couldn't get out of the booth because I felt like I was going to vomit. And it wow. shocked me. I was like, why am I feeling this way? And they said, because you ate like a lot of food. <laughs> but I didn't, I would not have even recognized. I didn't feel like I was shoveling food in my mouth. I was just, it was almost like I didn't have that stopgap. And I remember thinking, you know, with my friends who didn't have ADD, because a lot of my friends do, um, but the ones that didn't, that they could just get a little bit at the buffet and sit down and that's all that they could eat. It, it was puzzling to me how someone can just, but there's more food to be eaten. Like, how are you not eating more? Um, so these are these are in, important for people with ADD to know that they're not alone in this and that we just have to work at it in, in that way. And it might be a little effortful, but at the end of the day, it's going to work best for us in terms of our health. So, so I think you articulated that exceptionally well. And as I listened to the executive functions, and you and I have had another show where we talked about how – Meal prep, you have to plan, you have to go to the store, you have to fix it, you've got to clean it up. There's a lot of executive functioning in that, but today we're focused a lot on when you sit in, we're sitting down and the food is in front of you. And one of the things that I'm, I've learned in, in listening to you talk about, it, it sounds to me that it's really, in order to manage your eating at the point of performance, it really mostly comes down to some type of level of um, mindfulness to actually stop mm-hmm. and pause and witness what's going on. Is that accurate or, or how would you describe it? Oh, absolutely. That's 100% accurate. That It's really being aware of, of how you're eating. And, and studies have shown this, that people with ADHD tend to eat faster. And the faster we eat, the more we're going to eat. Uh, they tend to graze. Um, so a lot of times when people are asked to report what they ate, uh, people with ADHD are asked to report what they ate in a day, they vastly under-report. And more often than not, not... Uh, intentionally. It's that they forgot that 
they were eating while standing in front of the refrigerator picking at something versus they remember the times that they sat down at the dining room table to eat a meal. But most people with, I have patients with ADHD that eat in their car. They eat, you know, while they're cooking and literally can eat a meal's worth of food while they're preparing their dinner. And those are important things to be aware of. Those are a lot of additional calories. Um, that absolutely it's mindfulness around uh, slowly eating, around how much one is eating, uh, the way one is eating, the foods of, of what, you know, we're eating. Yeah. And especially, you know, we're, we're coming up against, you know, the holidays soon, and this is like the time more than ever, I guess, to really have that sense of mindfulness. Yep. Hey, I want to come to break and start talking about some of these mindfulness strategies. And one of the things that we, I want to tee up is you can read all the books and we can talk about how uh, eating carbs can boost serotonin and do – I mean, all that – there's all kinds of weird stuff in there. But at the end of the day, when you sit down and the food's in front of you, at some point in time, you either have to, like, pause and override the urge to eat or do something to manage it. And so when we come back, I want to spend some time. Uh, before we go to break, um, if you've got any questions, uh, Roberto is very good at answering his email address. And R- Roberto, is it it's Roberto Olivardia or is it just Olivardia at – it's Roberto underscore Olivardia at hms.harvard.edu. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. The secret word is balancing. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Roberto Olivardio, one of my favorite guests and very articulate uh, we're talking about food, and before the break, we're really kind of ta- we're focused right now on this show on particularly uh, your interaction with food and thinking of it as a self-regulation issue. And there's a level of mindfulness. And I want to get into some of the strategies that you've used, but I know that I'm guilty as charged. Number one, I graze and I eat a lot while I'm staying at the refrigerator. And one of the things that I've learned over the years, and I've worked with some people, is I talk to those with ADHD about boredom. And they're more susceptible to something called agitated boredom. And I love the definition of it. It's the physical discomfort where a person is motivated to escape the plight. In other words, you're literally physically uncomfortable when you're bored, and you're going to do anything to become comfortable. And often I find when people are bored, food is very comforting. And it's in those times of boredom that often you'll go grab that M&M or the cookie and and some stuff like that. And I I just kind of tee that up a little bit because there's an awareness that I've learned from myself to be mindful of my temptation, just knowing those times where I'm, I'm relatively bored. So... Um, I, let me, I guess, you, you want to expand or, or share your comments on just that before we get into specific strategies? Yes, I, I would 100% agree, Jeff. And, and that is something that's very important to note because what I work with um, men and boys with eating disorders and with people with binge eating disorder, and a lot of times 
you'll hear stress and anger and these kind of emotions being triggers for, uh, for impulsive eating or binge eating. But with ADHD individuals, not that those things aren't factors for people, but the number one uh, emotional state I hear is that of boredom, and which is why the nighttime tends to be very difficult for a lot of people with ADHD when it comes to this. I, I work with people, they say, oh, throughout the day, because it's so structured, I eat really well, and the nighttime comes, and I yep. am literally looking for some stimulation, and I get it. I mean, food is legal, it's accessible, um, it's there, and it it is an instant sort of gratification, and so boredom absolutely um, how, being aware of how to manage that uh, for people is uh, very important. And then the other thing, too, is that I remember in college and grad school that uh, when I was procrastinating for writing a paper or doing a project that I would, what I would call procrastinate, where I would <laughs> say, well, instead of getting to this paper, why don't I order, you know, a dozen chicken wings right now? And that was much more exciting to me. <laughs> yep, yep. That was much more exciting and flavorful than writing a 30-page paper. And so here I am, you know, using food as a way of, you know, managing this kind of discomfort around this really executive dysfunction of being able to just get this paper written. Um, so these are the ways that it kind of might show a little differently for people with ADHD. So and I, I do want to just say I, I have actually, just depending on the individual, I've actually coached people to lose weight by focusing on brain stimulation and not so much counting calories on food because the idea is if we can keep their mind occupied, they won't have the urge for food. Yeah. Uh, and and, for, and that's, that's, that's not... Excuse me. That's not a blanket statement. It depends on the individual, but it's it's funny how you talk about. Well, why don't you write yourself a book or something like that, and they get into it, and all of a sudden they start losing pounds. But so mm -hmm. let's talk about. So you're sitting there eating, and you've got a whole bunch of things that you yourself have done over a period of time. And one of the things, um, and these are all very very mindfulness. And so I'm just going to grab one of them. I know we'll just kind of riff it from there. One of them is actually to take a picture of everything you eat. Um, in a day as opposed to writing it down so you a you have to stop you have to take the picture you have to see it and you get to kind of take a, a look at it tell us about that a little bit sure that one of the the you know in, in typical um, sort of technique for people who have impulsive eating or, or binge eating is having them do what's called a food log so they would write down everything they eat approximate portions how they felt afterwards and with an ADD population, that unfortunately doesn't work. Um, my, my patients, they don't write it down. They forget the paper, even if they did write it down. Um, they'll not have the paper or pencil with them every meal they have. And so, you know, rather than try to work at, well, let's try to, you know, get the paper. And or so, unfortunately, some patients are stigmatized by therapists who don't understand ADHD, who sometimes say, well, maybe you're not looking to get better. Maybe you're treatment resistant, uh, which are phrases that I find offensive. So what I tell those patients is, well, let's, we have to look at it in the ADD lens. So you always have your iPhone or your, you know, mobile device. Take a picture of everything you eat. Just take a picture before you eat it, even if they don't think about it in that moment. And then when we sit together, they literally have a catalog now, um, a photographic catalog of everything that they eat and, and drink, too, because alcohol has a lot of calories in it and soda is probably one of the worst things you can consume. Um, that has a ton of sugar and calories. 
So that's what they do. And I find even just for anybody, you know, just taking a snapshot and look and before looking at the pictures, asking yourself, what did I, how well of a reporter am I as to what I ate today? And then look at the pictures and see. And I would say 90% of the time with my ADD patients, they uh, vastly underestimate how much they eat. They, they didn't realize um, that, you know, second helping or that third helping that they had or how big uh, the soda glass was or that it wasn't just five Oreos, it was the entire sleeve, you know, of them. And that's important data. And the key is the huge part of this, Jeff, too, is to let go of the shame around this because what, what uh-huh. shuts people down is they look at this and they think, gosh, like this is awful. Like I'm so out of control and gluttonous and, you know, all of these sort of, and I say, no, 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 no. This is data. We have to just look at this as just yes. data yep. and only through data can we then work on it. And I tell my patients, I've done this myself where I've taken pictures and I sort of quiz myself and I have an excellent memory for lots of things and uh, and think, okay, I'm probably going to be on target. Nope, there are many times that I underreport um, and don't even realize it. So something that simple and when you, what happens with mindful kind of behaviors like this is when you take the picture, even in that moment, you're, there's a pause there. You're, you're being mindful in that moment, even if it feels like, okay, I'm just taking this quick picture, but it means that you're pausing enough to say, I'm taking a picture because I'm regarding this data as important. So you're valuing this information, which means that we're valuing looking at this as a very important thing for our health. And that's yep. really the big picture. It's like, why is this important? And I, that's, you know, with ADHD, we always have to, find something relevant. Yeah, and so I want to there's two th- there's a few things Dr. Oliver that you said that were really brilliant in there and I really want to highlight it. This is the brilliance of him. Number one, everybody who's listened to this for some time know I'm a big fan of Dr. Barkley's notion of ADHD is an executive function issue largely of which is self-regulation, the ability to direct an action back on yourself to change your behavior to change the future. And in this moment you're talking about using the camera to be able to kind of pause and stop and catch yourself and put yourself in choice to determine as opposed to that automatic brain that just goes, goes, goes. You want to pause and engage your executive functioning brain to effortly, as he described it. I want to emphasize it's effortly override that automatic impulse. And taking the picture of the food, is it's simple and it's easy because we're trying to build into that pause, as you said. The other thing that I really want to underscore that I've learned over the years is that if you're going to keep a food log, it requires a level of self-regulation to pause and go get the pencil, to go get the paper, to stop and write and document all that stuff. And so I get frustrated sometimes when, when I hear about people using a tool that requires self-regulation to override self-regulation. And the brilliance of what he's saying is just having that picture just makes it so much easier to create that pause in order for you to acknowledge what you're doing to kind of change your mindset and overcome it. So I want to give you an opportunity to, to say anything, but that the ability to pause is what I think is so important in what he's saying because you've got to have that because if you don't get that first, you can't do anything second. Is that accurate or anything you want to add? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I echo everything you just said, that it really is that – that pause, and, and that's why with a, any of these tips and, and strategies, um, it really is 
introducing that pause to then almost, you know, think of it as kind of just achieving a clarity about what you're doing in that moment. And, you know, what I tell people is it's not always the goal isn't so much about even eating less, let's say, or eating more fruits or vegetables. It's ultimately being mindful. Like if you, if you are mindful and you're mindfully eating a sleeve of Oreos, that's less, that is actually over time is going to be less harmful than the unmindful eating because, you know, over time, people, the more mindfulness you have, the more connected you are going to be, you know, with your body. So it's really producing those pauses that can allow for that. Yep. So which leads me to another one because we're on the, the mindfulness bandwagon. And to me, I talk about mindfulness and meditation. Another thing you do is to pause and take a deep breath before you eat. Yes. That's, I, I mean, I've heard you say that before. You want to talk about that for a second? Definitely. That, you know, lots of people with ADHD – unfortunately don't really respect um, sort of the the art of the meal in a sense of sitting down at a table and eating. I mean, many of my patients will say that they stand up, they're in their car, which is wrong for so many other reasons, um, that they are eating in bed, that they are sort of, again, eating standing in front of the refrigerator. They, they're not even taking the food, you know, to the table. Eating while watching TV is a huge one. Um, yep. So it's really, it's, it's respecting the art of the meal by sitting down at the table and definitely taking it because a lot of times people are always on the go or very focused on what they have to go to that they're not present in that moment. So when you take a, a full, even for 60 seconds, a full deep breath, you're basically anchoring yourself in, in that moment. And another similar tip is, and this is something that's actually pretty difficult for a lot of people, not just people with ADHD to do, is when you're eating with your fork or your spoon, your food, you put the food in your mouth and then literally take the utensil out of your hand until you have chewed that food and have swallowed it. And then you pick up the utensil when you're ready to take the next bite. And that might seem like a very easy thing to do, but it's amazing how even in the office, I'll do this with clients, that it's very difficult. They realize that they um, either haven't done that and that they're getting – you know, bite number two loaded like, you know, like an airplane, like ready to take the landing off. When they're still chewing, the fork or spoon is literally in front of their mouth, like as they're chewing, just ready to get more food in there. And all of these things make a big difference. It's just adding extra calories that really will, are not necessary, are not really necessary to sustain ourselves. So that's another way of just kind of chewing the food, yep. being respectful of that process, swallowing the food, and then picking up the utensil and doing it again, putting the utensil down, um, are just very sort of quick and easy tips, but are, can be quite effortful. Yeah, so I want to I I go to a break here, but before we do, you were talking about the breathing and put the fork down and, 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 and acknowledging, hey, it's, you know, it's this easy thing to do. And we go back to the beginning of this, this segment. I talked about the, the boredom and the physical discomfort. It's funny because I've talked to people like this, and when you're really in touch with yourself, I've actually said, you know, put the fork down and stuff like that. And then I've said, do you feel the anxiety in your body? And it's amazing to me how many people, when they're honest, go, well, yeah. And I go, this is really, really, really hard. It sounds like I put my fork down and I chew, but for those with ADHD, this is massive. It takes an enormous amount of 
mental energy mm-hmm. to override that urge to do it. And, and Dr. Oliver, I'm just trying to underscore this because I think when you minimize it, oh, that should be easy, you're not really giving it mm-hmm. to do. And if you give it its respect in that moment, you can actually begin to like, you know, meet it where it is. So um, before we want to break, you want to comment on that real quick? Yeah, definitely. That, you know, a lot of these things, like a lot of tips that you hear, look easy on paper. But when I say it's easy, meaning it's a, it's a simple concept, but it's effortful. Is And just to keep people, you know, knowing that, that it, it, it takes some work and not to give up and feel like this should just be, you know, mastered in the first meal that you do this in. Absolutely, absolutely. Everyone, questions uh, Roberto is very good at responding. His email address is Roberto underscore Olivardia at hms.harvard.edu. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. The secret word is balancing. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to Attention Talk Radio. We're here with Dr. Olivardia and meeting, uh, meeting food at point of performance and emphasize the need for mindfulness and the ability to kind of pause and kind of witness what you're doing to stop um, uh, and take a breath or put your fork down or make sure you sit down at the table and notice, am I full versus am I satisfied? To can really put you in choice. Dr. Oliver, I got some, some other thoughts, but any other tips that come to mind off the top of your head? Uh, sure. That I always tell people to be aware of the size of their plates and bowls. Um, that uh-huh. studies, again, show that people with ADHD are on a seafood diet. So if they see it, they're going to eat it. Um, and uh-huh. I have definitely seen this, especially when it comes to restaurants, which can give enormous portions of food that um, I'll – some. and I'll, this is another tip, is that when I go to restaurants that I know – give big portions of food, I'll ask the waiter, and it's hard for me to do this, Jeff, trust me, to say to the waiter, yep, yep. can you take 50% of the meal and just put it on like in a doggy bag? I don't even want to see it. Like, so just present to me 50% and then just keep the other 50% when I leave yep. and I'll take home. 
And every time I do that, I think, oh, I'm probably going to regret it because I'm hungry. Like I want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this meal. I'm hungry. I'm sure it won't be enough. And, you know, but I always say to myself, if I really am that hungry, I can just have the way to bring me that other portion. And every time I've done this, never once have I needed that other portion and, in fact, have always felt quite satisfied and, like, full sometimes, even with 50% of the meal. But I could tell you, Jeff, if I had 100% of that meal in front of me, I would also have eaten 100% of that meal. And, and if you had told me, well, eat just 50% of what's in front of you, I would tell you, oh, no, I'm still hungry, but I'm not really still hungry. Yep. But that's what my ADD brain, you know, does. So um, even at home, you know, use smaller plates and bowls. And it doesn't mean you can't go up for seconds. But what happens is when you get up to get seconds, there's a mindful pause that says, oh, I am getting up and I am getting more food. Am I really hungry? Am I satisfied? Do I need this? And sometimes, yeah, you are really hungry and you might need to, that nourishment. And that's fine. This, the, the goal of this is to not – um, hate food. In fact, it's the opposite. It's to really develop um, a real healthy relationship with food. And a lot of people with ADD, you know, don't have one. Uh, similarly, don't have food family style in the middle of the table. Have it away from you so you do have to get up if you are going to get seconds, you know, or thirds. So it's interesting. I, I, I'm going to tell the story a little bit because it, it, it really speaks to this. And my own personal strategy um, I was. I went through college. Went to high school and scholars, uh, college on a swimming scholarship, and I was swimming four hours a day. And I'll never forget after NCAA's. I think it was 1985, whatever. It was my last official swim meet. I was retiring, and I walked away thinking, I, you know, I've got to go on a diet. And what it was is interesting because I had to shrink my eyes, not my stomach. And I remember very mindfully uh, doing very similar things about not putting front food in front of me and focus on my satisfied because I was so accustomed to eating enormous amounts of food just to keep up with the exercise that I was doing. And since the exercise had dropped, again, I looked at, I got to shrink my eyes, not necessarily my appetite to kind of do that. And a lot of these strategies that you're talking about, like half the portion, or I would sit down and get smaller portions and do that stuff over the time is what enabled me to successfully do that. And one of the things that I'm proud of, I'm actually way less than I did in high school and college to manage it. And so, again, just that's my own personal testimony that this is a powerful way of, of really doing it. So any other any, – another other tip or idea? Sure. I think the other, you know, piece is even when shopping for food that I think it's very important when at the supermarket um, I tell people have a list that you are generating when you're not hungry at home. So after you eat a meal, generate a list of a supermarket list because if you're making a list when you're hungry, you're going to put foods that are just higher in fat and sugar. Um, and then really stick to that list. Try not to get anything, you know, off of uh, that list. Never go to the supermarket hungry. Um, shop on the outside of the perimeter of the market first, which is typically where the fresher foods and produce are and less of the kind of frozen foods or um, kind of more, you know, the chips and cookie aisle. Um, and then also, you know, even things like in the nighttime is a, a tip when you're at home and you feel like you're hungry, but you know you're not, you're just bored, is chew some gum. Um, I use gum as an oral fidget. That's sort of how I look yeah. at it, is that my mouth, I just need something. Like, I, I've never smoked cigarettes, but I can understand that sort of oral stimulation that people probably get when they smoke a cigarette. Yep. Um, I was always a kid that chewed on pen caps 
that chewed on straws. Um, I never bit my nails because, like, the whole germ thing on my nails. But, yep, but I yep. get that, too, for people who bite their nails. So chewing gum is a great way to satisfy that kind of oral stimulation. And then a lot of times when I think I'm hungry at night, I chew some gum, and then before I know it, I'm not even thinking about yep. food. I'm just watching my program or I'm doing work or, or whatnot. Wow. So, you know, everybody, if you listen to me on the show, you know, I love insights. I love to pay attention to things differently. And there's one thing that I want to highlight, as Dr. Oliver said, you know, don't go shopping when you're hungry. That way you don't buy so much. And that reminds me of a quote. Um, from the comedian Gallagher, the guy that smashes watermelons, he says, you know, they say you should eat before you go shopping. That way you don't buy so much. But that doesn't work in a liquor store. And you might be <laughs> laughing at me about that a little bit, but I'm serious about this. I can't tell you how many people I've been where they've been drinking. They walk into the liquor store, and all of a sudden they just start to buy everything, and particularly if they're tailgating or go to a party. And liquor has an enormous amount of calories in it. And being mindful of that, I think, can be somewhat helpful. So it's a little bit strange back door, but, I, again, it really comes down to the mindfulness stuff. That if, once, <clears throat> once you sit down and interact with food, there's no other way to do it than actually to come pause. Think about what you're doing. And I really want everybody to know out there that's listening to the show, because you probably are, because this is difficult. I want you to know that it's not necessarily it's not easy because biology is involved. So, um have to up. Any other last thoughts or just before we uh, close things out? Um, I guess another thing I would just have people is just to look at nutritional labels. Be aware of what they're actually eating. If you're going to a restaurant where their nutritional information is online, go online and just look at how much fat and sugar, sodium is in food. And with restaurants, you know, go online before you go to the restaurant and decide what you healthily want to eat. And then don't even open the menu when you're at the restaurant. Because when you're at the restaurant and you smell all the food, you open that menu and, you know, it, it could be a lot more food than you really want. So decide sometimes, you know, before you even go and just stick with it. Absolutely. So, you know, Dr. Oliver, the thing that I'm becoming on the show more than anything else is that if you're going to enjoy your weight, it really comes down to mindfulness and pausing. It's not the easiest thing. But, again, if you, you meet it head on, that's the way to make it happen. So with that, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, always a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. Everyone, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Catch us again, same station, for another edition. Take care.